Welcome back, everyone. Episode two. Yep, episode two. It's uh, it's Benjamin Finnegan here with my boy Trousty, Trousty Thor Thorsteins. So, it, first podcast. You think it was a success? I think it was a success. It people people received it well. I think ninety percent of the comments were good. Like, I know this is a track podcast, but you are very passionate about the audio that is coming out of this podcast. For, for example, we are actually recording this for the second time because the first audio wasn't good enough. And I'm going to ask you about your week again. And so go ahead. My, my week was pretty good. Um, suffering a small groin injury at the moment. But other than that, I can't complain. So it, injury. So explain to me, when you're running, it just hurts like the pounding hurt it's the it's the impact so it's not like a pole it's just like the impacts on my legs when i land so i've um, been running on the grass and the turf you know as opposed to like the concrete yeah i i think for you i was telling you i've told you like last week too i was like i think you just need to take a few days off which it's part of running i and i'm genuinely shocked you've been healthy for so long you've maybe in the past year that i've known you you've only had like one or two of these like small things where it's only like a day or two off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I had a, I had a very similar thing last year, as you know, so that was the last thing that I was thinking about. Um, before that, it was honestly like before college, I had a thing in my knee. So it's like very common things. I think it's like, and in both cases, I think it's like my IT band. So kind of linked to that, but it's just something that is built up and happens to everyone, but nothing, nothing major, fortunately for me. Yeah. Can you believe year to this day? I think like not calendar year, but year to this day, I've taken six months of running off. Yeah, which is incredible. I, half of this year, I haven't been doing anything. I didn't even cross train. It's unbelievable to watch, honestly. I don't know. I, like, I think I'm just stupid sometimes when it comes to, ha or like naive, I guess would be the best word. Like, I think I'm just always in great shape. And then I get dropped in workouts and I'm like, oh, wow, that. <laughs> I'm not in as good a shape as I thought I was. It's that confidence that keeps you going though. That Which is so key to running. I think like that, my naiveness, is that a correct word? Naivety? I don't know. I'm not from here. My, <laughs> I'm not, well, you don't even, English isn't even your first language. We should talk about that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, uh, being so naive sometimes is great. Like sometimes, I don't even know if it's confidence, cockiness or my Na naiveness like sometimes i go into races or workouts and i'm like i'm gonna destroy this and i just get worked and i'm like all right need to pull it back a bit <laughs> what i will say is that you're not you're not an arrogance person i think there's a distinct difference between not being arrogance and blindly confident i think is that good i think so because like you get so confident but it's like and i don't know sometimes if you're playing like mental games if you actually like feel that way um, but you convince yourself that you are in shape to the ex like to the extent that you actually perform extremely well, and you just jump into workouts and like run that pace until you can. Oh yeah, and and that's running in it. It is yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I I think like that confidence and then like actually being able to perform that is the reason why I've been semi successful in running. It's just like that mental game of like, hey, I believe I can do this, and I'm kind of just like i'm like i do crazy things i think crazy things i'm like i think i can run this time or i think i can beat this person when in reality like a normal person shouldn't think that way sometimes yeah sometimes you have to yeah 
And it's crazy. Running is that like so mental that it's so mental. Yeah, I I think like some people could just will themselves to run crazy fast times. You just need to believe it. Yeah, I think you're one of those people as well. I'm I'm a little bit different. I feel like I um I definitely get very 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 nervous in like before races, which is absolutely normal. But I feel like as soon as the gun goes off, I think my confidence kind of skyrockets. Yeah. Well, you're just. You're genetically different though. I when I watch you train and race, and I talked about this on the last podcast, was I've never seen someone do the things you've done before. Like when you pull away from me in a race or like in a workout, and I, I've definitely seen you tired, and I've like and I've definitely bested you once or twice, maybe. But like when I see you pull away or when I see you doing some of these workouts, like I just you're so smooth and you're able to like do it with such grace. I'm just like, I don't I don't think I ever would look like that. It's crazy. But I also think that I have the genetic advantage when it comes to bouncing back from injury. So I, I think we have our own specialties. A hundred percent. And we've seen this multiple times from you. So I've only been your teammate for a year, but this is the second time where I've seen you bounce back at an incredible rate, like unbelievable. It goes against everything that you kind of like believe as a, as a runner with the, well, not really, but I'm saying like the daily grind of running. Um, you somehow can get injured and take all time and come back at a pace I've never seen before. Yeah, so I, I'm currently, I'm coming back from a Achilles injury that took, that sidelined me for about, not two months, but maybe like a month and a half, month and three quarters. And I'm f- about a full month into training. I just started training with Trosty maybe like a week, two weeks ago. Um, so I moved up to the top group and I'm going to be racing in two weeks. And uh, I was telling Trosty earlier, I think, and th- I could completely implode, but I got invited to this like track club meet that uh, is like a quarantine games kind of thing. I think I can go 1450. Do you think that's out of the question? Um, Again, I think it's very confident, but no, it's not out of the question. It's so hard to gauge at the moment because we haven't raced in so long and races are so hard to come by so i'm very very intrigued to see what you do you definitely look very good in in workouts i was tell you that much but no i don't think it's out of the question but it would be a great great result though yeah that that's my like naiveness right there is is like i think i can do it and i might implode and run 17 minutes so unless we talk about it on the podcast in three weeks do not look up <laughs> do not google my tfers at all <laughs> I'll either flex it or it's. I'm telling the race director to delete it. But so are there any like, so this is a 5K? This is a 5K. Yeah, it's going to be October 10th. And it, there's going to be pretty good competition. The race director texted me and was saying that uh, one of Princeton's top guys is going to be there. And all of the, it's going to be run by the Garden State Track Club. So all of their top guys, I'm not sure who they have. They do have a sub four miler, but when it comes to like that, uh, upper distance like track stuff I'm not sure if they have like too many guys that can run sub 15 sub four mile in the 5k no I don't think he's in the 5k but he the track club has a dude that's broken four before right okay so what about you what 5k shape right now we're we're supposed to have a time trial um it was going to be this week but your injuries sideline you for that but like 3k 5k right now i I think you're in great shape. What do you think you could run? Um, this is a tough one. We haven't raced in a year, like literally a year. Well, not not a complete year, but it feels like it at this point, like season wise. Um, 
I my PR in the three is eight sixteen, but that is very undercooked. I feel like I I never I never got the real race to to break that. Um, I think I can run close to my PR at the moment. I would need that rust buster. I feel like. Yeah, I I one hundred percent think you're you're gonna run sub eight twenty just in an easy time trial. Especially you're really good at for the most part for like zoning out. Um, I, some, I've heard some coaches call it goading to sleep. I've actually heard, I think it was the NAU coach. I've seen like a video or seen him in person go yell at his guys mid-race, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And you're like, what? Yeah, it's an what interesting size. That's what he did. It's exactly what he says, go to sleep. Yeah, and like 5K like, and it's like. <laughs> she, don't go to sleep. You, you should be alert. But like, it, I, that's another part of running where like, you almost need to zone out. And I think you're good at that. Like if I was pacing you at least through 2K, I think for sure you're going sub 820 right now just from the fact that like running is mental like we were saying. And if you're able to zone out and be as smooth as you have been in these workouts, like I think you could definitely PR is not out of the question. Yeah, no, I don't think it's out of the question. It it would be definitely be interesting, but it's it's one of those like there's no pressure. I think you're right. I think I'm not good at zoning out. It definitely took practices to get to that level because when I had my debut, I guess, in the 3K, that was a tough day for me because I was bumping up from from being like middle distance and going to those official like distance events. I think the 3K is like a distance, distance event. And that was a tough, tough day for me because I kept looking at the the laps and they they weren't ticking off. Are you talking about the one last year? The one, um, it would have been in 20, 29, 2019. Do you want to talk about the one last year? Your PR race was something definitely interesting. I had... That was my second run, I think. So I, I'd come back from that injury that we were talking about last year. I had taken like two and a half months off. I run a 420 and then Stacy was like, all right, you're pacing Trosty and the guys for this 3K. And I was like, okay, that doesn't sound too crazy. And he's like, I need you to go 2K and I need you to bring them through in like sub 430. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I raced the 420. I don't know if I can go through in 430. But I, I, I somehow like pulled that confidence together. And I was like, all right, I'm bringing Trosty through and the guys through in sub 430. And you were on my heels. Yeah, like, I felt amazing that day. Yeah. One of the things my dad always says is because there's a video in the race. He's just like, why didn't you let him pass you? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was pacing him through 2K. I could have sped up. Yeah, I mean, I tried to go like right up on your heel. And what I like to do is just like stare at someone's back. I just like to hook them down. But only for a little bit, because at the same time as you want to zone out, you also want to be alert. And like, I think one of my strengths is also kind of knowing like when to go. I think I've developed like a good sense of when is the right time for me to kind of make my move and do it in like a definitive way. And I started to kick, I guess, with like 800 to go in that race. Yeah, your last 800, I don't remember the official split on that, but 203, 204? Yeah, so I think, yeah, 204. Insane. You, like, that's one of those moments I was saying earlier where I'm just like, how? How does he do it? Like, and our teammate, Johnny, Jonathan Besselink, he was in incredible shape too. And you just like pulled away from him halfway through. I don't know how you were like feeling so good so early on. Cause he's an amazing runner, but that's where I'm saying is just like some things you do. I'm just like, it's a little mind boggling sometimes. Well, thank you very much. That was my, that was my season opener. And that's still my personal best in the 3k. But that kind of leads to an interesting discussion that we were talking about before and I want to get into with the hypothetical PRs, which is very kind of typical for runners, for track athletes. They want to talk about what they could run, like on their, whatever it may be, like their best day, like what they could have ran a year ago, like when they're in peak shape, like whatever it may be. 
So if we go down the list, like both of us, what would your hypothetical, if we go on your CFAs, like what would your hypothetical PRs, realistic though, but like what you believe that you could have ran? Okay, so I hate the like would have, could have game because I I only ran in total time in high school, like a year and a half or something. It Total time running in high school is a year and a half. And when I was a sophomore, I ran 420, which I played that I would have run game so many times in my head but in high school I definitely thought I ran 420 when I was like 16 years old and I graduated when I was like 18 19 I thought for sure I would have run like four at least 410 when I was in high school quick side note that is incredible in its own that you ran that that early so for you the would have could have game was probably like because you get that pressure like early on like you get that on your back like you're meant to be good which is difficult in its own but Okay, so if you go down the list. Yeah, that, that eats away. But okay, down the list, where do you want to start? Do you want to do you want to bounce back like you go we both let's do 5k. And then and then go down. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay, your hypothetical 5k PR should be um I would give myself a 14 what? 14 12 14, 15, I, for, I, no, okay, 14. Maybe, okay, yeah, and actually, no, I, that is a good range. I, okay, all right, for me, I think, mm, that's tough. I thought you were going to go a little quicker. I thought you were going to go in, like, the 14, like, lows, so then I was going to sneak myself into, like, the 14, 15, <laughs> 14, 20 area, but after that, I'm, I'm going to have to go up a bit. I think, I think I could have cracked 14, 20, 14, 25. So that, that brings me quickly. We'll sidetrack for a second. The Mercier calculator, both of our best races are like our 1500s or like full miles. Um, they convert in the 5K to like, four, yours converts to like 14 flat, I think. And my converts to like 14, 12. So based off of like some of these calculators, like, and just to prove that we're not crazy, <laughs> uh, well, I can only speak for one of us. I'm not crazy, <laughs> um, but like 14 low isn't insane for two dudes that can run like 410 or 404 in the mile. So, all right, 5K out of the way, 3K. Oof, this is a tough one for me. Um, I'd give myself probably an close to an eight. I'd give myself like an 806. Okay. I Again, I think you could go a little faster. I think I'm in like, 815 range like ideal race ideal fitness again this it, is like this is like perfect conditions like on your yeah. best day or like, like in a race that didn't go too well like say you were it was i pretty much almost ideal conditions you were in your top fitness but like the race just got taken out really weird or something yeah okay so that's that's solid I, yeah i think i'm in like the 815 range all right mile 1500 do both of them at the same time the mile i guess i, I got right um 359.9 you you think at some point last year you could have gone sub four? No, I don't believe so. I don't. I, I'm. I only say that because I would want to believe that. But um, if we're being realistic, I would give myself a four flat high, like four hundred one, maybe. I think last year I could have done that. And again, like I've I've talked to you and like multiple people about it. I I watch people that I beat go around that range. I even saw some of them go sub four. Um, and I've definitely like beaten sub four miles in my time. So I don't think it's like unrealistic in the future. And it's definitely my goal. Um, but I, I give myself a 401 because I ran 403 in the DMR, the distance medley. Yeah. Which I, 
I had on my watch, I think I got a watch split on that. I thought you had run 402 in that DMR. Oh, that's a... If you watched the video, I was in lane three for like a bit. Oh, yeah. So if you You're go into if you people. if you go into like minor minor details, you can always do Which, this. This is hypothetical. It you is. can so, go into whatever details you want. So that was like a four two, and I think that was a you know close to perfect. Otherwise, like pace wise, so I think um I, I'd give myself a four one. What about you? Okay, I think I think I'm in that like four oh three, four oh four, four oh five range. Um, because so my fifteen hundred PR is three fifty, but like. That race alone was so weird. That race went out in like a 65, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty sure I closed my last K was sub 230. So everything was a kick. I remember like kicking after 400 meters. And the another crazy part about my PR is the day before I had run, or the day before that or something, I'd run like 351. And like that was at IC4As. And then I went to like Swarthmore final qualifier meet to run this other time. Both of those times, I had like juiced the fields. Like I was pretty much by myself. So I think based off of that, the shape I was in, and if like I'd been paced properly, I think I could have gone like maybe 347 low, which is what, 404? Yeah, 404, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. 404 area. So I think that covers the 15 as well, pretty much. So yeah. what about the 800? 800? I think last year... So I, last year I ran like three 800s. I went like 153 mid, 153 low, and then like 152 mid. And all three of those races, believe it or not, I think were negative split. Yeah. No, it was that for you. Yeah. We'd go out in like 56 something and then I'd close in like 55. And if you don't know anything about the 800, like I think most people go positive split. That's how you're supposed to run it, right? Yeah. So... Nick Simmons, he broke it, he broke it down. He said that, and I agree with this. He said that most, if you look at the most like historic races, they've all been, well, like most of them been with a two second differential. So they like reduce his world record, and like everyone's, I think even Nigel Amos is the second place. Like it was, it was um the first lap is two seconds quicker than the second one. So you need to maintain that form, and you need to be able to somewhat maintain the pace but it's like impossible in the eight obviously because you're you get so lactic and you get so tired and this is something that if you haven't run the eight you probably like don't know how that feels but the lactic on the 800 is like unlike anything else it's yeah. it's such a lactic heavy event but they say that two to three seconds is like the yeah the so best. based off of like that information and how i was feeling and like everything else involved i think i would have run, run could have run 150 in a good race what about you I'm not going to lie. You're quicker than I am. Like, I actually disagree with that. We'll talk about 400 theoretics in a second. Right. Okay. So yeah. What about you? I ran a few 800s and like, again, every one of them was off a double. So I ran a race like before earlier that day or something like that. But I would give myself a 151 for the eight. You at 151. Yeah, possibly at 150 point high, but I'm, I might need to find a new podcast uh, co-host. 151. Wow. That is slow at the moment. At the moment, I mean, like in the future, who knows? But for me, the 800 is an event where I've ran it. Like I've been, st I've been stuck at the same PR for so long, and I've kind of moved on from that distance. So whenever I get the chance to run it, it's like a mental game for me. I think. Yeah, I just think you didn't put a good race together. I so the 403, 402, um, 1600 that you ran in the DMR. The next day, you ran 153. Which was pretty impressive. I ran 153.2 and I was also kind of dead. I mean, it was like a long weekend. We were in Boston. But I, 
I definitely think you're. We are at least the same in the 800. I think. So maybe 150. I say 151 because I I don't know because it's like two seconds off my PR. But but again, like I haven't been able to put together a good eight almost like for me for my entire collegiate career. Okay, so 400 then. This is <laughs> this is a difficult one. Um, for me, out of blocks, like from the. Whatever you want. This is the ideal situation. Perfect. Okay. No, okay, 50 low. I don't think I can... Yeah, no, I honestly don't think I can rate 50 at the moment. I guess this is where my, like, um, my, like, naiveness and cockiness comes in. I definitely think I could go 49. I I literally, like, I have to bite my tongue because I feel like I might talk some shh about some of the sprinters sometimes. I'm like, yeah, 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 buddy. I, I Back in my back in high school, I was going 48 low, bro. <laughs> really, my I think my PR is only... I think I ran 51 low, 50 high, something. I don't know. It's a relay splits. I just get thrown in sometimes. I have split 50 high, but I don't know how much quicker I could get. For me, I just, you know, I feel like I've I've moved on and I'm I'm doing like a lot more miles than I used to. So I don't think I'm getting much quicker. So that's kind of what I'm basing it off. Okay. This whole conversation has brought back like a lot of nostalgia for me. I don't know why I just thought of this, but... um. There's races. We talk about races. What's the best like post race thing you've done? Like the best, like the most fun, like post race, like thing you've ever had. Like after a race, like you ran well, you didn't run well. Like you did something afterwards with your teammates or by yourself that like really was fun. You have anything in mind? Um, what, you want to go first? Yeah, because I we were talking about the three k earlier, and I just ha- was hit with a ton of nostalgia because this is like pre COVID last year. The guys are like all really fit. We're having a good time. And after your 3K, we went out to the city. Do you remember this? I remember. That That would probably be my my uh, choice as well. Your choice as well. It's inked on your body, as a matter of fact. Could we talk about that for a second? Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that was such a fun night. Yeah, the yeah, whole so day. You ran incredible 3K. Johnny, pretty good 3K. Robbie, okay 3K. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably going to kill us for mentioning that. Don't look at his tea first. Not gonna go into um, that. But yeah, so we were like, all right, great, great day. Why don't we like celebrate in some way? Let's go out to the city. Let's, uh, it was Friday the 13th. It actually. was. It was. That's why. So in New York or around the world, I guess, on Friday the 13th, a lot of tattoo shops will give you $13 tattoos. So we go in with you. You choose a tattoo. By the way, I, it looks amazing. You weren't confident about it. What is it? What is it? It's a rose on my like inner arm, like bicep area, I guess. Um, we made a trip of it. And again, like it was that whole day, like we had just raced. We went out, um, got cookies. Also, was insomnia yeah, well, no, cookies. We got, we got dollar slices. Yeah, I remember that. That was the first time I'd ever gotten dollar slices. Perfect, pizza like post crazy experience. Yeah. Pouring rain. And we're pretty far away from the ferry terminal to get back to Shaolin. So we're like, all right, might as well get some insomnia cookies. Do you remember what happened at insomnia, by the way? Oh, we got into We go into this place, insomnia cookies in the city. We go there every, all the time. Like at one point you guys are going there once a week, right? Uh, yes. I don't know why. It's, it's all, it's all like plenty of dessert places. The, the dessert at our school isn't bad. I eat it 12 times a day, but we're there it's pouring rain we walk in it's pretty late i think and like the employees there are not happy to see us no the regulars <laughs> they usually aren't though so there there was a big fight between the employees and um the 
they actually have like delivery there. So the delivery drivers, believe it or not, like ride bicycles and have like cookie backpacks. Is, would that be a correct way yeah, of describing cookie, it? Yeah. Warm, warm cookie backpacks. And uh, two of the employees are fighting. And then one of the delivery drivers has to walk through this fight, move his way through, uh, through us, soaking wet in their like little area. He opens the door, uh, closes the door. He just gets hit with downpour of rain. And I don't know why, but this was the funniest thing of the night to me was the second he got outside and the door closed behind him, he just let out this, ah! <laughs> and I remember just dying laughing with you guys. And, and that was like capped off the night. We got on the ferry, went back to, went back to Wagner and, and like went to bed. You can't, you can't top a night of PR. Of like PR and getting cookies and then getting tattoos. Uh, yeah, the last part, the last part is optional, but like the the uh, the insomnia trip after the race was amazing. And that actually, you bring up a good point because a very much like discussed thing about runners is their diets. So um, you you sort of about getting dessert a After lot of the I time. Getting dessert twelve times a day. I have witnesses, and uh, he does in fact get it twelve times a day, give or take one or two. And uh, so you're a big dessert guy. I am as well, but like not to the same extent, but we both definitely have like a sweet tooth. Yeah, for sure. So, so you're, it's important to mention you're also a vegetarian. Exactly. So you don't like talk a little bit about why you're vegetarian. Um, and then like what restrictions you make on your diet and like day to day, what are you eating? Um, so yeah, I'm a vegetarian, like for, for various reasons, I guess all the typical ones, like there were a bunch of them I looked into the environmental impact the personal like moral just like choice every day but and also the physical it started out as I wanted I always wanted for environmental reasons to cut down on me and then I tried to just like test it out and see if I could um and it turned out to be a lot easier than I ever thought it would be um and I, I don't miss it and I didn't really at any point so what I eat day to day, like I pretty much substitute most of the meat products that I eat, would eat like beef. I eat a lot of like vegan beef with pasta. That's my favorite dish probably. V Wait, let me stop you there. Vegan beef? Vegan beef, beef yeah. So it's like made of soy. So why don't they just call it soy beef? They probably do, but I'm why, saying wait, vegan beef. Why do they have to call it beef? Soy fake. Because you still because you still enjoy like the taste of it and that's how they market it. They're mentally market. tricking you. <laughs> yeah, but it works like on but it works. You you think it's beef? It it let me tell you, it tastes pretty similar. And also the vegan burgers, like the Beyond Meat burgers, that like the vegan options and like the veggie options are getting better by the day. But so I eat a lot of those. I eat a lot of and they have a bunch of protein in it. I've never been worried about being protein like deficient. At any point, I think it's like personally, I think it's like very much overemphasized um, the amount of protein that you actually need to take in. Um, I definitely think I I eat enough by just eating like consuming beef. No, the those those like vegan products as well as I still eat cheese, which has also you know like beans and stuff like that. I think I very easily get in my protein intake. But beyond that, obviously, like just like any runner, I eat a lot of carbs and like pasta and stuff like that. Um, so that's also a big part. And then just cereal in the morning. So it's nothing not too complex. Yeah, you have a pretty standard diet other than like the no meat. Like you indulge on things too. Nothing crazy. I, you bring up, like it made me think of, I still need to watch it. I can't talk about it unless I've seen the whole thing, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. It's like that, that Netflix documentary, like 
something the game yep just the i forget the name of it but it talks about how like being a vegetarian or being a vegan provides an advantage do you think at all that you turning vegetarian like has given you any sort of athletic advantage so if i mean 100 percent honest i would say no yeah. i don't i can't i can't speak on everyone me personally i did not feel this like drastic change in anything in my life um some people talk about their skin clearing up some people talk about them just like feeling fitter and like generally like feel better um that wasn't really the case for me i just kind of like preferred it i think it's a lot it's not as heavy on the stomach so for someone who like runs and exercises i don't have to worry as much because i have a very sensitive stomach so if i would you know if i'd eat meat products even like hours before that you know it would kind of sit in my stomach but what i will say is that when you switch out the meat products what you do a lot of the time is you kind of take out the heavily produced products at the same time so you're more like you're more conscious about what you're taking in so that in a sense can have an advantage and i think that might have been the case for me because i probably was eating a lot of just like produced ham and stuff like that on sandwiches and, and you know that was my honestly back in the day my diet would be like eating a ham and cheese sandwich every day <laughs> so you know it it definitely did help me but advantage wise i don't think so but there is some science to it like i've done a lot of studying on it um and i guess you can play like both sides on that but if you do it correctly i think there definitely can be an advantage yeah. i think for me that it it wasn't a or i don't think for me it's like the meat thing i think the biggest thing for me in terms of diet and um, like a performance enhancement or a gain would be if I cut sugar out, honestly. Because sugar, I think sugar in like high volumes, there's a lot of evidence that it shows that it like causes inflammation. So if we go back to the what ifs, like what if I just wasn't heavily addicted to sugar? Like what if I didn't like think about cupcakes when I slept? Like maybe I would be faster from the perspective of I would get injured less often, have more training cycles under my legs and then run faster times. But that's the only thing I can really think of. Yeah. There's also, I wonder how much the psychological, because I feel like for some people it's like, well, obviously it's to a certain point, but it's like the less that you worry about it, the more it's going to like plague yeah. you. So that, I think that's also a little bit of a factor. Um, well, have you heard like the fire is hot enough, it'll burn anything yes. argument? Yeah. I Like I think when once I heard that, I was like- Which is, do you want to explain it real Psychological quick? throw out the window. Like fire is hard enough. If you're- burning calories at an insane amount like Trosty's doing 90 mile weeks like he literally could eat anything where i'm sitting in a kitchen right now he could eat everything in this kitchen at 90 miles a week and his body wouldn't change like the fire is hot enough his furnace is super hot like his uh what's the word i'm looking for your metabolism metabolism like you're just every your food just like you're using it. it it's being burned energy it doesn't matter what you put in it it's gonna be burned so if you like think about that mentally, it's like, oh yeah, I, I could eat anything under the sun and be fine. As long as you're getting your nutritional like basis. Yeah, obviously it's like to an extent, um, but I think there's some, there's something to that. Also from experience, I feel like most discs runners, they run that much and they kind of, most of them have a sweet tooth. The the, the most discs runners that I've come. So? I think so. I don't know. I think I think it's because they they know they like they know that they can get away with eating certain foods without kind of adding the additional weight. So they kind of let themselves a little bit more loose. Yeah. Well, let's take our team for example. At the distance, guys, I for sure know like four of us are the the 
like the top four guys are like addicted to sugar. Maybe are you're not? I'd probably say I still am. Yeah, I, I'm but probably like, okay. Like for example, William, who we've talked about before, Robbie, who we've talked about, and myself personally. I know for a fact that one of us, I'm definitely not, but one of them is eating some sort of sugary snack as this <laughs> podcast is being recorded. And it's, it's 10 p.m. I, I can just picture Will Cuthbertson chowing down on a Snickers bar right now. And he's, and he's a 150. And he, yeah, he can probably run like 148 yep. once he heals up. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter, I don't think. I think that's my main argument is it, it there's no like... For sure, the the sugar could cause inflammation, but like you can eat anything. Yeah, but so you went to Kenya. So yes. and, and a lot you want to talk about that right now? Yeah, real. That qu- could be a whole podcast. I know, but real quick, like with their like eating habits. Oh yeah, when I was there, all I had was rice and beans, pretty much. Yeah, so I wonder, like, I wonder how much impact that does have. Yeah, I think. Uh, so I did. I, I, rice and beans is an exaggeration. We got meat. But like I was in one of the poorest areas of Kenya and they gave us like beef, but it was just like the cheapest option of beef. Like I was eating like beef heart and beef like other brain. And I don't even know, not brain. I think that's like, I probably would have gotten sick, but like the heart, it was like chewing a rubber band. The arteries were like, I didn't even get any beef when I was down there. So all my protein was coming from like some of these granola bars that I got at the store. But, um, and a lot of tea, right? You said they drink a lot of tea. Yes. Oh, there was a lot of tea. Yeah, black tea with cream. They actually put a lot of sugar in it. That that reminds me. These guys love sugar, cream, and black tea. Yeah, it was so good. I oh man, you're making me crave that right now. Yeah, no, but we need to talk about that a different time with like Kenya because that's a whole experience and like a yeah, whole. Yeah, we can, we'll have to talk about altitude training. Yeah, they obviously breed distance runners. Yeah, it, I was in an area that like wasn't known for distance running maybe it was at like 5,000 6,000 feet of altitude so nothing crazy but for sure that it definitely provided some sort of like advantage to my training when I was there yeah 100 percent. but let's transition transition back to hypotheticals for a second I this is a little off topic but on topic I think I one of my favorite things is I call it the hypothetical goat conversation Um, And I know I've mentioned this to you before, but in a hypothetical scenario, um, could you beat Eliud Kipchoge? And hear me (laughs) out on this. I know I've explained this. It sounds crazy. Or like Usain Bolt or someone else like that. You've beaten someone that's really good before. Like you've beaten someone I know that's really good before. And that person's probably beaten someone else that's like even better. And then they've probably beaten someone else that's even better. And like, Eliud Kipchoge is definitely lost at some point. But in this theoretic like conversation, could you beat Eliud Kipchoge? Do you know of like your direct line of people you've beaten that like have beaten other people that have gone on? So I probably you just probably go to like the best guy that you beat, I guess. Yeah, but then there's then there's tricks. So I know a kid that I beat that was in my undergrad, and he beat Alan Webb, I'm pretty sure, in a race. Yeah, it doesn't and get And Alan Webb's like the fastest American miler of all time. And so I've beaten that kid. He's beaten Alan Webb. You've beaten Johnny. Johnny's beaten Robbie Andrews, believe it or not. Exactly. And so Robbie Andrews has like beaten people at the Olympics. And I'm sure someone in that range, is that your, do you think that's like your closest? I would probably, that's, that's what I know of. I know that I, um, the best guy probably, uh, not to like call him out, Liam D, the sub-formal that I owner. 
Oh yeah. Um, I beat him at IC4As, which was which was big for me. Um, he probably has beaten some some blokes. <laughs> along well, that's the, way. the thing is like no one has a perfect race. Like, believe it or not, I don't want to call him out, but Spencer Brown, the athlete special. I destroyed him in cross country once. You did? Well, okay. I was like 100th place. But This um, was cross country? Yeah, or maybe I was 80th. I can't remember. The Georgetown guys did not have a good race, that race. Uh, terrible conditions, regionals, like two years ago, I believe, for cross country. And it was, I was like, I think it was like 300 meters left to go in this race. And I had passed Spencer maybe like with half mile to go. And Spencer was making his way up to me. With like 200 meters to go, the whole Georgetown team was screaming like, go Spencer, go Spencer. Yeah. And I looked back and just dusted him. And I was, and then like watching him, I watch him break four and like run 330 and make like a million YouTube videos about it. And I'm like, every, I talk, like I talk trash, but like much respect to him. Like he's an amazing athlete, but I'm just like, yeah, I destroyed him in the last 200 meters of a race. So people have bad races, but He's raised some phenomenal people and beat some phenomenal people. So that's one head right there that I have that like, I don't know. At some point, he's probably beaten someone like how Johnny beat Robbie Andrews. At some point, he's beaten someone that's probably like beaten someone else that might have beaten Eliud Kipchoge. That's an, wow. No, that's interesting. I wonder, I think Johnny would be my best line. But um, Spencer Brown is a professional now uh, for the Brick Space. You want to talk about that? I'm just saying you beat a prof- like he's professional oh, now. Yeah, he is professional. I honestly, I think I don't. Uh, again, I don't want to talk like any smack about it. But part of the reason, because we had talked about being a professional before, it's really hard. Like Spencer Brown's broken three thirty, I believe, in the fifth or three forty and three thirty nine is his. Yeah, and and which is crazy fast. But like, there's people that run that that don't get professional contracts. Probably the biggest reason, and I think I haven't watched the video, but like he talks about how it's like a trial contract. Yes. But the biggest reason I think that someone like Brooks would sign him is he has such a huge social media following. Yeah, that helps him 100%. He has a whole back end. And like when he signed, he obviously did the whole video and like the unboxing of the gear. So he's a walking advertisement for them. So I mean, beyond like his times should be like enough to get that contract, but yeah, logically, like we would think, like, oh my god, sub like, four mile, like I, everything. I, I can't even dream of running like some of his like fifteen hundred times. Crazy to me, like I, I don't think I could ever run that. And I'm like, oh, that should easily get you a pro contract. It just doesn't now, which is crazy. It's like, like you you want to believe that if you go sub four, you will get a professional contract because like how many people can do that? Not many. So it's just not the case. It's not the case. But for him, like I'm, I was very happy for him personally because because he's kind of someone that I looked up to as someone that I wanted to get to that level. He's like he's better than me by far, but like it's not out of reach because he was running at some of the meets against people that I've faced and like so for me to see that is inspirational because you kind of see that it's possible to get that contract. Um, Obviously, in America, it's kind of different to back at home for me, but um, just from the time standpoint, but his following definitely helps. So, yeah, well, oh, that will that will brings me to one thing. Trusty will break four this year at some point. It's not good enough to go pro, though. We need a podcast following. He needs, I'm going to shout out my Instagram again. Wait, did you put my Instagram in the last one? No. Oh, wow. I shouted out my Instagram in the last podcast and he cut it. It didn't make the cut. Okay. I'll shout out my Instagram again and see if it makes the cut. It is 
B Finnegan fifteen. And what is your Instagram? It's on our um podcast like page. So both of ours or just yours? There was only one option. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. But yeah, let's blow this up. Cause when Trusty breaks four, he needs a pro contract. He deserves it. So let's end on that note. Um, share it. Yeah, definitely. We're enjoying making these on uh Oh, I had I had a lot of fun today. Yeah, plenty more. And and uh and I hope you guys have a good week of running. Yeah. Hopefully uh Trusty ends up uh figuring out his groin injury and we'll get him back as soon as possible. Yep. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you.